Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance off a scintillating Super Sunday. No lead was safe. No feelings were spared. No sense was made. And I am freaking fired up. Start the clock. Our two hours starts now. Here we go. Only one place to start. One place to start on ESPN Radio is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire and the smartest thing I will do today is ask Rex Ryan and Ryan Clark to hang out after we finish up, get up, and, uh, and spend some uh, minutes here talking about an unbelievable day. I, how do you explain? Let's just start with this, RC. I mean, no lead was safe yesterday. Yeah. It, how... Why does that happen? What, well, week the, two, why did that happen? Well, the first thing is rule changes, right? Yeah. You, the offenses are allowed to do different things, but also the skill sets that these guys have and these teams have. When you think about the Garrett Wilsons, the Tyreek Hills, the Jalen Waddles, also the Kyler Murrays, these offensive players are just so good now that actually once they get into freelance ball, more pressure is on the defense. And, and Rex knows this. If you want a confident defense that understands how to pressure in those situations, understands how to keep the top on the defense – you get nervous. And I think we saw that from the Baltimore's, from the Raiders, and also from the Cleveland Browns, who all we expected to be better this year. Well, the other thing is, too, I, I don't, I'm not sure of this, but I don't think teams spend as much time as we used to in those moments playing these kind of defenses. And it, it's funny because if it came down to a two-point play, every single player I had on defense knew exactly what we were mm-hmm. going to call. Yeah. And – same thing. Here's how we finish games on defense. We practice it all through mini camps, training camps, all that. I don't see it. It's almost like a guy sitting back going, uh, hey, let's play this. Yeah. The, the, the team clearly doesn't know what it is because we got receivers running wide ass open all the time. And so to me, I think they need to go back and take an old, you know, a page out of an old playbook. Here's how you get your defense uh, prepared. For the big moments, and, and I, I don't think they uh, prepare the same way. I don't. Not obviously, of the games yesterday, and we will go through almost all of them over the course of the next two hours because there were so many fascinating things that happened. But, of course, the one that was most personally exciting to me was the Jets yeah. coming back, as I know it was for you as well, Rex. And I wanted to start with one quick thing. You were a head coach. So one of the plays that happens, for anyone who didn't see at the end of this game, is that Nick Chubb, who ran all over the Jets yesterday, right at the two-minute warning – runs in a touchdown when his team is already leading by seven points. If he takes a knee, he goes in untouched. He makes a man miss, and then he goes in untouched. If he slides on the two-yard line, they were going to be able to kneel out the clock. The game is over. He doesn't do it. He winds up scoring. They miss an extra point. The Jets get the ball back, and they have a chance. During the course of a week, I mean, I'm just curious. Like, Do those things come up? Do those circumstances come up? Because he scores the touchdown. And I actually said to the people I'm watching the game with, he shouldn't have done that. He right. should have taken a knee. I actually said, it won't matter, but this is the only way that they don't, yeah. that they have any chance of losing the game. Is, is that something that gets talked about during the week? Uh, no. <laughs> it really doesn't. It does. uh, I agree. I will say this. In the that's, huddle, in no, the- that's one of those moment things, the, the in drives and all that, that you – you know, you tell your team. I'll be honest. I made the same exact mistake in our playoff game against New England. I remember. And, and I remember telling, thinking it, thinking, hey, look, you know, we should go down. But not even saying. I remember telling Anthony Lynn, 
um, before. I'm like, man, can we ever pop one of these things? He goes, we're going to pop it right now. And as soon as he's running, <laughs> I'm sitting back going, oh, my God, I forgot to tell him that, to slide. Right. I, I promise you that thought is going through. As he's going, I'm like, that's great, but... Oh my God. And we're up two touch. I'm like, yeah, we still got this. Guess what? They scored and we had, we had to recover a dang kick. Right. So, I mean, I want to, I want to, you know, get after Stefanski, but no, I mean, I can see it. I've been there and done it. I made the same exact mistake he did. That said, for all of the miracle comebacks, there's the other side. Let's talk about the Browns. That is a brutal loss. And I, of course, was having the time of my life on Twitter yesterday looking at all of the reaction. And every every fan I saw in Cleveland wants their defensive coordinator fired. That is a brutal game to be on the other side of. When when you're you're the Cleveland Browns, and one, they shouldn't have won last week. After the Carolina Panthers come back, you get a a bad uh, roughing the passer call by Brian Burns they double clutch uh, a, a clock play, play so they probably shouldn't have won the game last week and Kay York kicks a 58 yarder who's right. a rookie from LSU but when you think about you had an opportunity to be 2-0 and without Deshaun Watson to start the season mm-hmm. and if you're the Cleveland Browns that's a great place to be you're up two scores against the New York Jets who was playing with a backup quarterback you cannot allow that to happen. Corey Davis cannot be running oh scot-free down the right sideline. And so I think when you look at the, the ways that they lost the game, I think that's more important than actually losing it. Giving up that play, now not getting the onside kick because Amari Cooper doesn't sell out to get it, and then giving up the scoring drive that finishes on the Garrett Wilson touchdown. Those things can't happen, and they also can't happen when you have a $100 million corner in Denzel Ward, Mm -hmm. and you have Miles Garrett, who's a $100 million defensive lineman. One of those players has to step up and make a play, and when you don't, that's an issue, and that's an issue that goes to the coaching staff, and people are going to ask for to roll. Oh yeah, no, and they and look, if this is the end of the year, oh, you can bet there's yeah. going to be changes. There, there's no doubt. And you're right; it's impossible to lose this game. It really is. Let's see what had had to happen. Missed extra point, right? Yep. Just turn a guy completely loose for a for a long touchdown. Re- they got to recover an onside kick and then go down to score again. Like here's the thing. They had a 0.1% chance of winning. Right. A 0.1% chance. There is no chance, and yet they found a dang way. So great for the Jets, but for, for the Browns, absolutely atrocious. And let's face it, when Deshaun Watson does come back, he's not going to be ready to play either because right. he's, not, he's, he's not practicing. He's not doing all that stuff. So this season, like, they're going to go back and look and say, well, when did it go bad? It went bad right here. Yeah. Talk about a couple of more things from yesterday. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. The Jets next week will play the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. who come in a startling 0-2. And, and I don't know how this happened, R.C., but their offensive line somehow got worse. Yeah. Is it going to get better? Um, I think it can get better, but it's about making adjustments. And you heard Rex talk about this morning that Zach Taylor almost bragged that they didn't make adjustments to the offensive line or the ways that they were playing last year. But you added Jamar Chase, and you were able to push the football down the field. Teams aren't allowing that anymore. They're sliding to safety. They're playing halves coverage over the top of them. And so now you can't just get the ball out of your hand. Joe Burrow's having to hold the ball, and he doesn't have to hold it long because his linemen are getting beat immediately. And when you think about a franchise quarterback like they have that's already been injured in his first year, had to fight back from a knee injury then, 
This is the worst case scenario. And the one thing we haven't seen from the Cincinnati Bengals in a long time was for them to be consistently good. It's okay to be able to do it for one year, but if you don't protect this man, you will not be good this year and they won't be a playoff team. Yeah, and I look at it. Here's a, here's a funny thing too because people can – they're going to sit back. Well, they're, they're going to play the Jets. They'll win this one easy. Oh, really? Jets beat you with a backup quarterback last year. Yeah. Made Mike White had 400 and some yards passing mm-hmm. against this exact – Cincinnati Bengal defense. So to me, it's like, mm, don't write this one off. The Jets have a great opportunity here. Uh, that's how I feel about it. And one of the reasons is not just this offensive line for uh, for the Bengals, but it's how rusty the quarterback looks. Yeah. Even when he's protected, he's just not in it right now. And it's you know he's speeding through his reads, all that. You know, could that be? Because he doesn't trust the offense line. Look, he's he's never had a, a protection yeah. since he's been there, since he was drafted by Cincinnati. But so to me, he missed all that time, and it's showing right now. And so I think the Jets get him at the perfect time. Not going to be shocked if they can get a victory. Two more things I want to get in quickly with you guys. I have to let RC go in a minute because he's got to go do first take. Uh, will we look back someday, Rex, and say yesterday was the day a star was born in Miami? Tua throws six Ooh, wow. touchdowns. Yeah, you know, I hope so. I, I really do. But, again, you know, part of that has to be on that defense, man. I, yeah. I, I mean, how do you let Tyreek Hill get on top of you? Not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so big problems, I think, in closing out games for the Ravens. Uh, but but I think they had a, a, a great idea. We're going to find out if we have the quarterback, right? That organization never doesn't, or never believed in Tua. That's mm-hmm. why they, they were pursuing Tom Brady and such. All right, different guys. So, you know what? They're going to be like, we're going to finally answer this question. We're going to get him the weapons. We got Tyreek Hill. We got Waddle. And guess what? Does he not look better now? Like, oh, my goodness. And, yes, Grinny had 460-some yards passing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and six touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens. So, yes, I hope we can go back and say yes. And then quickly, RC, before I let you go, is Micah Parsons in the discussion now for being the best player in the entire NFL. Absolutely. If we can look at Aaron Donald and what he can do, if we can look at T.J. Watt and what he can do in rushing the passer, we have to be able to do the same thing with Michael Parsons. And I believe it's even... It's even something that we have to sign a more glaring light on because he doesn't do it all the time. Mm. This is also a guy that covers running back. He's running backs. He plays the middle linebacker position, and he only rushes as his side gig. And even then, he has the most wins in the NFL to this point. He's one of the most natural pass rushers I've ever seen. And the sack yesterday where he spins inside, he's bumped off by Lael Collins. He stays on his feet and then gets to Joe Burrow, shows speed. It shows pass rush technique, balance, and strength all in the same play. And those aren't things you can teach. All right, I have no. to let RC go because yeah. you got to go jump on first take. Thank yeah. you both, guys. Great to see you Appreciate as always. It. Monday get up. Uh, as much fun as we have all week long. Greeny with you here. You know hiring is challenging, but there's one place where finding great candidates is easy, and that's ZipRecruiter, where they find and match the right candidates for you. And right now, you can try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My biggest takeaways are coming up next, and the hashtag crew is whole again. We'll bring them in right after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. 
With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply reggie white who's a defensive end for the green bay packers says that the fire bombing of his church in knoxville tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him first there was one fire then there was another then there was another it wasn't just reggie's church that burnt down hundreds of churches burned in the 90s i think we have a major problem in our country and we don't want to admit and that has to do with racism was this 1996 or 1956 30 for 30 podcast and antscape presents through the flames listen now wherever you get your podcasts the Jets down by six. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Hooks up the seam. Fires. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson scores. The Jets are a point after away from taking the lead with 22 seconds to go. A miracle here in Cleveland. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's my buddy Bob Wischusen with a terrific call um, of the touchdown that ultimately won the game for the Jets. They still needed to kick an extra point and intercept a pass, and that's where it begins. Here's what I'll say, and I think that all sports fans, if you are a, a, a passionate fan of a team, and I hope that as we go forward in sports and 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 what I observe about younger generations of fans is they become more attached to individual players, at least in basketball and some other cases, than they do to teams. But if you're like me, and I assume you are if you're listening to a show like this, where this stuff just matters to you disproportionately, like that moment yesterday was a miracle. I had already tweeted my reaction to the game in a loss. (laughs) I had already tweeted about how this is a season to be measured in improvement. And I had already tweeted about how it was frustrating to lose, but I still saw a lot of things that I liked. And then all of a sudden, the miracle that Bob just described happened. And then, if you are a football fan in particular, you know this feeling. The late games start. The Jets are a one o'clock game, or as in Chicago, as we used to call them, the noon game. That game ends, and now I can just sit back, feet up, 
eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want, allow the people in the room to do whatever they want as opposed to being commanded to stay in a spot that's working. And at one point, Stace tried to turn on some lights, and I was like, are you kidding me? Who are you married to? I mean, and now I can just sit back and say, bring me all the football you have. I will watch it all. And that is a feeling I haven't had in so long. And what does it mean? Here's what I'll tell you I think it means for my favorite team. When you are developing a bunch of young players, as they are, and if you look outside of Joe Flacco, if you look at all the players who made the biggest plays in yesterday's game, there are all these kids the Jets have, in particular Garrett Wilson, who's awesome. It's one thing to continue to see them develop. It's another thing for them, I think, not for us as fans, but it's another thing for them to feel how to win. Like you have to learn, one of the things you have to learn about being a professional is how to win. And yes, did they get lucky? Of course. Should Nick Chubb have taken a knee? Of course. Did did a lot of things have to go their way? Yeah, but that's how teams win. Things go their way. It never happens to be us. So in this particular case, it was. And so I think all football fans can appreciate, regardless of which team you root for, when you see your young guys get rewarded like that, you know that what it means is they're going to show up to work the next day fighting harder than ever before because they taste what it can taste like. Not just what it feels like to compete, which they didn't even do last year, but to actually win. So yesterday, I think, at the risk of overstating it, I think could wind up having been a monumental day for the Jets. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not winning a championship this year. They're not going to the playoffs this year. But maybe this can be the season that catapults them, which is what I want it to be, into a place where they, you could actually have that conversation. Now, the only downside of it, of course, is that they're not doing it with the most important piece. The coach had a really good day yesterday, and I'm keeping receipts. Robert Sala had a great day yesterday, even though his defense didn't look as good as I'd like it to. But... Robert Sala had a great day because that game started terribly. The Jets were on the verge of getting run out of that stadium. And he called a fake punt in the first quarter of that game. And that was a gutsy, awesome call that completely turned the game around. Completely. And it was beautifully executed. But that, So Robert Sala, I'm keeping receipts. That was awesome. He absolutely kept them in that game in the first half and allowed the miracle to happen. Because if he doesn't call that fake punt there, Cleveland's going to go down. The Jets are going to lose that game by four touchdowns. Salah didn't let that happen. So that, he did a, that was a terrific job of coaching yesterday by him. And so that's favorable and encouraging. The, the only downside, I don't, I don't want to be the downside guy today, but it's the obvious, is that everything ultimately is going to rise and fall on how good Zach Wilson turns out to be, and he's not there. So you can be as excited as you want about this team. Joe Flacco is not going to be their quarterback. Mike White is not going to be their quarterback. Zach Wilson is going to be their quarterback. And we'll see where it goes from here. But for me, that was absolutely epic for the Browns. And I said it, look, I got a million friends in Cleveland. I've been doing, you know, this show and the previous show. I I know everybody in Cleveland for 20 years. That's as terrible a loss as you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, how do you lose that game? So those are my overriding thoughts coming out of that game from yesterday. Let me get Nuno in here. And we'll talk about your Giants a little bit as we go. But, Nuno, what is your number one takeaway from my Jets finding a way to pull off a miracle yesterday? The biggest thing is the fact that it wasn't with Zach Wilson. Like, no, that's, it's not. No, that's no, the, stop. That's stop the biggest miss. That's not the biggest thing. Uh, you are not allowed no. to just pick the one. I just said it. 
I, 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 I launched a preemptive strike, and I had already pointed that out. That is not the biggest thing. The biggest thing, I'll answer the question for Nuno. The biggest thing is that I was on a flight from New York to Las Vegas the last week of April on a Tuesday. Thursday was the draft. And I happened to be on a, on a flight with Dan Orlovsky and a few other people. And Dan says to me, we have no idea who's going to get drafted where at that point. And he says to me, Greeny, the best player in this draft is Garrett Wilson. The receiver from Ohio State is the best player in this draft. And what is delightful, I don't want to overstate this, is that in two weeks what we have seen is that he is the best player in the National Football League. <laughs> That's, so in two weeks, he is the best player in the sport. Again, he's the best receiver the Jets have ever had already by far, and it's not even close. Don Maynard, Wesley Walker, Keyshawn Johnson, Al Toon, um, uh, uh, Lavernius Coles, whoever else you want to put in there. Garrett Wilson is already better than all of them put together. That's my number one takeaway from yesterday. All right, let's get to the next order of business here today because I, I like this. The Giants find a way to win. The Cowboys, and I told you, we're going to find a way to win. I told you. And I don't like to be the guy saying I told you so. I love being the guy to say I told you so. Bubba is wearing the Micah Parsons jersey today. Bubba's Cowboys are alive. Nuno's Giants are 2-0. and And guess who plays next Monday night? I believe that game is here, right? Is that at MetLife next week, guys? That game's it here, is, right? It is, it is. That game is here. So, Hembo, upon your triumphant return... And your Eagles will play tonight, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll certainly mention the babies, and, you know, we all love you, and we're all so happy for you and Lizzie and everybody else. But what should the wager be? This game suddenly, Monday night, means everything. What should the wager be between Nuno and Bubba? It's not often you have a high-stakes game between the Giants and the Cowboys in the month of September. But I happened to look this morning. I want you to guess the point spread for this game. I want you to guess the opening line. For Cowboys at Giants next Monday night. Cowboys at, at Giants. Cowboys minus one and a half. The Giants are a three-point favorite. The New York Giants are a three-point favorite in I'm this game. I'm a little surprised. Me I too. Mean, Me too. Uh, what, what, Nuno, so the Giants are a three-point favorite. Bubba, are you willing to make this bet straight up for your Cowboys, or are you going to try and fight for three points or any points from Nuno in this wager? Um, I mean, I don't really like betting with point i feel like if you're gonna bet you just gotta bet straight up on your team yeah i mean the whole po- although but again we have a backup quarterback so i don't who I, looked better than but Dak, he still may be way. better yeah. than the other guy's quarterback mm. <laughs> I oh yes let's not get started on daniel jones please. um yeah i mean if we're gonna do a bet i would just do straight up I don't, okay I, there's no point like oh we we lost but we you know we only lost by two so i win the bet like that's not so go ahead and give me bubba Give me your take on the Cowboys' win of yesterday behind Micah Parsons, who, as we mentioned before, might just be the best player in the entire sport right now and certainly feels like the heir apparent to Aaron Donald as the best defensive player in the sport. They get out in front of Cincinnati and they find a way at the end and Cooper Rush puts together a drive that sets up the kick at the very finish. Uh, it was a thrilling win over the Bengals. Give me your your feelings this morning on the Cowboys. Yeah, unbelievable. Parsons is is ridiculous. There's no might. He clearly is the best. Um, I was definitely admit dead wrong about Cooper Rush at least for this one game. I I had no confidence in him whatsoever, but he was awesome. Um, if anything, it, it's just 
it's so confusing because that game plan going into this game was phenomenal, and I it just makes it even more confusing as to what on earth they were thinking in week one because they looked horrific when they had months to prepare for week one. Their offensive game plan made no sense, but I loved how they you know they moved the ball around the field. They gave it to Pollard. Zeke split it up. Um, but then we saw as soon as they kind of were struggling, that's when they were just going to Zeke. So I think they got to give Pollard the ball more. But Noah Brown was great. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely something to build on here. Still don't have a ton of confidence in Cooper Rush, but I think we can beat the Giants. You don't have to have a ton of confidence. This is what I said last week. The Cowboys are a team because, and look, obviously I am the chief culprit of this. No one talks about them more than we talk about them on the television show. Sure. But the Cowboys are that team that when they're good, we overstate how good they are. Everyone overstates it. If the Cowboys are good, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, when we decided they're not that good, now we decided the world decided they're the worst team in the sport. Oh, they might have the first pick in the draft. And that's why I said last week, no, 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 no. They just need to find a way to win two games while Dak is out. They just got one of them. They stole one you weren't expecting. Now between the Giants and the Commanders and they have Jacksonville coming up in Detroit, they just need to find a way to stay afloat until Dak comes back. Right. And then they will be in the race. So that's exactly what they did yesterday, and they stole a win you didn't expect. Cooper Rush doesn't have to be great. He just has to not be over. They just had to not get completely out of it, buried, before Dak comes back, and they didn't. Nuno, Giants, 2-0. and Saquon doesn't set the world on fire yesterday, but he has moments. Defense looks pretty good. How are we feeling now about the Brian Dayball-led Giants heading into a huge showdown Monday night against the Cowboys? I am feeling great about the coach. They have the the they've built the the centerpiece for this franchise going forward in the next four, five, six years, whatever it is. They have the right coach in place. Um, not so sure, and I think at this point, leaning where Daniel Jones isn't that guy. Um, he still wants to give the game away. There was still a lot of skittishness um, during that game, especially in the first half. Uh, but that defense played well. They lose Leonard Williams. They saw, We still haven't seen Thibodeau, who might play on Monday. Still haven't seen uh, Ojolari. So there's stuff to get you excited about. And I think that line will drop because Vegas is smart and they mm-hmm. know that a lot of this money will come on, uh, you know, come on the uh, Cowboys late, later this week. So, but I feel comfortable. It is a game. I think it's the first time in I don't know how long where it's a game that the Giants should win. Right? Like, you are the better team there. Uh, maybe. Uh, w- in the absence of Dak, the Giants might be. I don't think anyone would have thought it before the season, but maybe it is playing out to where they might actually be the better team in this game. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So let me ask then the question to Hembo, whose Eagles will play a very interesting Monday night game tonight against Minnesota. Two good teams. We got a doubleheader Monday night tonight. Should be great. Titans, Bills, and then uh, Vikings, Eagles. If we if we believe the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East, and I do, who is after the Commanders got a win Week One and then just looked horrific yesterday, <laughs> then almost came all the way back and then ultimately lose? The Giants, who were two zero, the Cowboys, who were one one. Who do you consider to be the Eagles' biggest threat? Uh, probably Dallas. Dallas has the best roster of those three teams. Dallas, obviously, when Dak Prescott is healthy, has the best quarterback of those three teams. 
And for, look, the way the NFL is structured, one player on defense can only make so much of a difference theoretically. But Micah Parsons is making as much of of a difference as any one person on defense could possibly make. I would even argue that his impact can be greater than someone like Aaron Donald because he can affect the quarterback on practically every play. He is legitimately unblockable. And without him, the Dallas Cowboys would not have won that game yesterday. Oh, certainly not. Uh, Micah Parsons, again, Aaron Donald, I mean, he he owns these games. and, And because he does it from the interior of the line, I think he does things that most football fans, even astute ones, like, look, I mean, I make my living covering sports and I watch, I've watched football every Sunday of my life for 50 years. But I'm sure, not I'm sure, I know there are things he does that I can't see. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't recognize the things Aaron Donald is doing on a given play. And that's why I need all of the great analysts that I have around me all the time to do it. All of us can see the stuff Micah Parsons does because it's a little more out in the open. And particularly when he's rushing the quarterback, it's impossible to miss. And his trajectory is so high. He's been a full-time pass rusher for less than one calendar year. And yeah. right now, if you look across the sport, he leads the NFL in pass rush wins. Miles Garrett is second, and Aaron Donald is third. He is going to become a 20-sack-per-year kind of player. I will remind everyone, and of course I did the draft in which he was drafted. He, did, he sat out the last year of college at Penn State with COVID, not with COVID, but because of COVID. A lot of players didn't play that year, opted not to play. He didn't. The Cowboys traded back mm. and got him. Mm. There were a bunch of defensive players, good ones, Sertan, Who's the other corner that got taken ahead of him? J.C. Uh, Horn. J.C. Horn. There were a few defensive players that went, not a lot. That was an offense-heavy draft, all those quarterbacks. But he was by no means the first defensive player taken. And again, Dallas traded back and got that guy. So that that's that's going to, that is starting to smell like it might wind up being one of the really great drafts that we've seen a team have in a very long time. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave it there for the moment. We have a ton more games. I'm going to get you through almost all of the games yesterday because there's at least one thing to be said about almost all of them. we got to get to Tua. we got to get, you know what we're going to do today? Nathaniel Hackett. Hamba, in your absence last week, we talked a lot about Nathaniel Hackett and his interesting decision to go by Nathaniel, <laughs> which sounds much more like someone who signed the Declaration of Independence than it does someone who coaches football. Aye. But it occurs to me that Nathaniel is pronounced with three syllables. Nathan is two syllables. Right now, I'm not sure he is deserving of any more than one syllable. I'm like, until he figures out what the heck is going on in Denver, he may just have to be Nate Hackett. He's Nate Hackett. Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. I mean, yesterday was a day in which, I don't know how many people paid attention to this, the golf had one of the most incredible finishes you will ever see in your entire life, to the dismay of Danny Willett, who three-putted from four feet away to lose a golf tournament. It had the WNBA championship coming to an end yesterday, and Las Vegas winning its first-ever title. And it had as much craziness 
as any NFL Sunday that I can remember in recent memory. I mean, yesterday was the day that Red Zone was created for. God bless you, Scott Hansen. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching all of that yesterday. And obviously, we've talked about the Jets. We've talked about the Cowboys. We've talked about the Giants. Let's talk about Tua. Hambo, will there come a time when we will be talking about a star quarterback in Miami named Tua Tungavailoa, and will we point to yesterday as the day he was born? I'm still pumping my brakes there. I'm not quite ready to say that the Tua that we saw the previous two years is a totally different person than this one. What I am willing to say is that his head coach really knows what he's doing and that Tyreek Hill is a force multiplier in that offense. Yesterday, Tua threw more 40-yard touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of that game than he had in either of his first two seasons combined. So it's very clear that what they've done is sort of nurture him in an environment where he can definitely thrive. But 469 yards and six touchdowns is a singular day for that young man. I am really, really happy for him, sort of proving all the doubters wrong. Yeah, here's the other thing I'll say. And look, I made this point with the Jets and Browns. Like, you don't get to come from behind. For those of you who didn't see that game, it was 35-14 Baltimore going into the fourth quarter. And Lamar Jackson played, not one of, played the best game of his career. He was unstoppable. And for the overwhelming majority of the day, the story is, holy smoke, Lamar is an MVP candidate, and the Ravens are right there with with, uh, Kansas City and Buffalo and anyone else you want to mention in the AFC. And then, of course, the story changes significantly. But, I mean, Nuno, how do they let Tyreek Hill get behind the defense? That's another one that you don't have to be a football coach to know. Put people 40 yards downfield, but don't let Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy in the sport, run past you in that situation. And he did it not once, but twice. That was horrendous defense by the Ravens. Yeah, well, guess what? That's what happens when you let uh, Wink Martindale leave, go to the Giants and have a Uh. dominating defense. You get what you deserve. No, but in all seriousness, we all expected them to be better. And... What is the one thing we all talk about with Tua? Like the arm strength, the arm strength, the arm strength. But even he can hit wide open guys and get it there. And that's what he showed yesterday. Yeah. he, he Look, that was a really good day from him and a really good win for them. No question about it. Another one yesterday was, again, Nathaniel. Don't call me Nathan. Don't call me Nate Hackett. He was being booed yesterday in a win. When your team wins and your offense is so bad, the fans are booing, you know things have gone sideways. The crowd obviously frustrated at times, but can you just give me a sense of overall? I don't blame them. I mean, heck, I mean, I'd, I'd be, I was booing myself. So, see, that might sound endearing to some. I could live without it. I mean, no, he, he doesn't, he's a person who should be giving answers. So was he hired just because they thought he would bring Aaron Rodgers with him? I don't know. But one way or another, he's making Russell Wilson look terrible or Russell Wilson is making Russell Wilson look terrible. But I'm not willing to put that on Russell yesterday because if you watch them, they, they don't get a playoff. They don't get a play call like they have any idea what they're doing. They look discombobulated. They look disorganized. And I'll say this. Yesterday, he's lining up for a 54-yard field goal. They have an offensive penalty. <coughs> so they move it back to 59 yards. So he punts. <laughs> This is the same guy who just told us that his best chance of winning is a 64-yard field goal with three timeouts and one minute left. I understand the situations in the game are different, but those two things feel very inconsistent to me. So 
I don't want to be sitting here. Hey, do we still have my short Nathaniel Hackett over there? Uh, can we put that up there? Give me my mad dog up there because Nathaniel is back in the conversation. Hembo, you were not with us, but I don't know that you, if you heard when Chris Russo was obliterating Nathaniel Hackett and his rant on Nathaniel Hackett lasted 11 minutes. <laughs> it went places that you would not believe. No, no, am I going to get that? Yeah, here it comes. The, the best part of it is that he's then lapsed into all kinds of other things and finished it by saying this. Meanwhile, I can't get my Social Security account organized, which has me annoyed. Where is my statements? Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. <laughs> <laughs> is that beautiful? Well, that lives another week. The drop lives another week. Because if it's possible, Nathaniel Hackett lost <laughs> on Monday night Russell Wilson's revenge return game. And against a bad team and coached his way completely out of it at the finish and somehow did the impossible. He made it look worse this week. This week, Denver looked worse than they looked last week. That was unwatchable and unacceptable. Nate Hackett is reinforcing the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. He was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator the last three years. Rodgers had 111 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That is looking like one of the great achievements in human history. I agree with you completely. Once again, at this moment, he is not only not worthy of the three syllables that make up Nathaniel, he doesn't feel worthy of the two syllables to shorten it to Nathan. He has to, until further notice, I think he can only be known as Nate. Much more to come on the busiest Monday of the year on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.